Hey guys, welcome to the first official The Female Fitness Formula podcast. I am your host, Sheridan Skye, and I am going to be taking you through all things cardio in this podcast. Should you do it? How often should you do it? And all of the other burning questions that you have when it comes to cardio. Now, I've been in the fitness industry for quite a long time now. I started coaching women toward their health and fitness goals around 10 years ago, and I've seen this really big shift in people's opinions when it comes to cardio, and it's kind of like cycled in and out and done a bit of a loop. You know, first it was do all the cardio, and then it was don't do the cardio, and now it's kind of like, ah, so... I want to break it down for you and I want to use this episode not so much to tell you what to do, but give you some information so that you can ultimately make an informed decision around whether or not you start to include cardio in your training. Now, when I first entered into, I guess, the evidence-based coaching era uh, about five or so years ago, the big thing was you don't need to do cardio to lose fat. Don't do cardio. Make sure you do all resistance training. Cardio is a waste of your time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was this really big, I guess, uh, bias toward not doing cardio. And coaches almost wanted people to realize that, hey, you don't need to be doing endless hours of cardio in order to reach your health and fitness goals. But it was taken... I guess, to a bit of an extreme. So when we think about different types of movement, we need to realize that not all forms of movement are simply to burn calories. And that can be a really toxic and unhealthy way to think about movement. Because ultimately, when you think this way about movement, in your mind, you need to earn the food that you eat, and therefore when you eat food, you need to be burning it off. And this, one, is not great for your mental health, but two, it's not a sustainable way to think about fitness because when you think about fitness, this should be a lifelong journey, something that you do forever, not something that you do for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. If you want to maintain a well-round physique and you want to improve your health, then exercise needs to be a part of that. I'm going to focus on two forms or modalities of exercise in this podcast, being that of resistance training and cardiovascular training. Now, a question that I love asking people to determine whether or not they think of exercise as simply a means to burn calories is this. What is your opinion on cardio and should you include it? give them some space to think about it. Because often, if that person truly thinks of exercise as merely a means to burn calories, they'll say, you don't need to do cardio, you just have to apply an energy deficit. And that is so true. However, like most things in nutrition, and like most things in training, nuance is really important. So when women come to me at the female fitness formula and they have a certain aesthetic goal, most of the time it's a weight related goal. And 
I'm in the business of not just simply making smaller humans. So not making women just simply weigh less, though that's sometimes the byproduct or generally the byproduct of the process, but to change their body composition, to increase their lean muscle mass, to give them that quote unquote toned physique, if that's how you refer to it. Whether or not that results to a drastic increase in in scale weight, I don't really care. What I want to see is when this woman came to me, she was here. And when we ended our journey together, did I change her body composition? Does she have less overall body fat? Does she have more well-defined muscle mass that is coming through and showing that she looks like a fit woman? My goal is to change your body composition, not to simply make you weigh less. So when I think of resistance training and cardio, this is my take on it. Neither is simply a means to burn calories. They both offer a different kind of stimulus and therefore they should be used to elicit that stimulus. What the hell are you talking about, Sheridan? Let me break it down for you. Resistance training is absolutely not a mean to burn calories. Resistance training needs to be respected for what it is. It is to build your lean body mass, to build muscle so that when you lose fat, you have that well-round toned physique or however you want to put it. You look like somebody who goes to the gym. Your body composition changes when we do resistance training. And that can't, that same stimulus of muscle growth can't be replicated when we are just doing cardio-based activities because the main driver of muscle growth is mechanical tension. And mechanical tension is just a really fancy way of saying that your brain has used as many muscle fibers and contracted as many muscle fibers to move a particular object, in this case being a weight, and that it is getting to a point where it is running out of muscle fibers that it can use. That is training intensity. That's asking how hard are my reps actually getting? And when you apply a high degree of mechanical tension, it stimulates a bit of a, a snowball effect that tells your body, hey, we need to grow more muscle tissue. Among, very, uh, among so much more nuance when it comes to muscle building, but let's just keep this podcast really simple and I promise you we will have plenty of time down the track to jump into more nuanced topics about like things like what does it take to grow muscle? But the point that I'm trying to deliver in this podcast to you is that resistance training is not a method that you use to burn calories. You don't do it as fast as you can. You don't do it as hard as you can. You're not necessarily going to walk out of there huffing and puffing. It is to elicit the response that tells your body that you need to grow more muscle tissue because when you do that and you lose fat, you change your body composition. And that is the goal, isn't it? Now, when we look at cardio and we compare cardio in terms of duration, to resistance training. So let's say I said 30 minutes of resistance training will equal X amount of calories burned. 30 minutes of cardio will equal X amount of calories burned. 
it is true that cardio will burn more calories within the same time frame as resistance training. But we don't resistance train to burn calories, do we? No, we don't. So cardio can be used as a means to increase an energy gap or increase a deficit. And if you know anything about my methods and the female fitness formula, the principle that we apply with all of our, our clients is a energy deficit. If they are wanting to lose fat, if they're wanting to maintain, we're finding where they, they're their maintenance. And if they want to gain fat to optimize a building phase and they want to grow muscle, then we want to be putting them in a calorie surplus. Cardio can be used as a means to quote unquote, increase the energy deficit because it burns, I guess, more calories per time spent doing the, uh, the, the cardio that you are doing. So that brings us to the big question. Should I do cardio? And is cardio only reserved for people who are in a deficit? Is cardio only a means that we resort to in order to create an, an energy deficit, increase the deficit to increase the rate of fat loss? The answer to that is absolutely freaking not. Cardiovascular training outside of burning more calories per time spent when compared to resistance training has a variety of other health benefits. And when we look at cardiovascular health, this is where cardio is king as opposed to resistance training. I want to repeat that. When we look at cardio as it relates to cardiovascular fitness, guys, your heart health, it far exceeds the benefits of resistance training when you look at that variable. When we look at resistance training and muscle growth and retaining lean body mass and, and bone health, this is going to be king over cardio. So if you can kind of see the picture that I'm painting here for you, cardio has benefits for heart health that resistance training does not. And resistance training has benefits for building muscle and increasing bone mineral density that cardio doesn't have. So basically, if you guys care about longevity, if you care about your heart health, then yes, you should be doing cardio. The benefits of cardio I've already stated are improved heart health. So cardio exercise strengthens your heart muscle and it improves its ability to pump blood efficiently, which can lower your risk of heart disease. Think hypertension, uh, coronary artery disease. There's also a reduced risk of chronic diseases when you're doing cardio. So regular cardio exercise can actually help to reduce the risk of developing chronic disease such as diabetes and high blood pressure. Outside of the physiological benefits, cardio in itself can be a really potent 
stress reliever for some people. It can be a method that they use to mobilize energy. And, and, you know, it's like that, that saying a runner's high, you know, when you go for a run and during it, you're like, Ugh, this sucks, but you finish and you feel euphoric and there's those endorphins. That's also a benefit of cardio. Another benefit is increased energy levels. So regular cardio exercise can actually help increase your energy levels and reduce fatigue. So how often should you do cardio exercise? If we're going to look at the, you know, government recommendations of the the duration that you do cardio, the American Heart Association recommends that adults, so that's most that's I'm assuming that's all of us get at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic exercise per week. I want you guys to think about that. I want you to think about that. 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise. That's like over two hours. (laughs) Or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic exercise per week. So if you're listening to these recommendations and thinking, wow, that's a lot, that is a lot. And if you're doing resistance training outside of that, it's probably not going to be a, uh, a benchmark that you can ultimately reach. So how much cardio do you know to ultimately include in, in your life? Now, if you're looking at it from a point of view where you're trying to increase a calorie deficit because you don't want to take further food away, then the answer is, the annoying answer is it depends. It depends on, you know, where you are, uh, what your goal is. If you have a specific timeline, all of these things will ultimately compound and affect how much cardio might be recommended if you are in a deficit. If you're in a build, should you do cardio? And this is one of the things that I have noticed very much in the fitness industry where it's like, if you're in a build, don't do cardio. It's a waste of time. Don't do it. And if we're, if the question, you know, one of my, my favorite mantras is, and my mottos is ask a better question, get a better answer. Because if we're looking purely at the benefit, you know, the, the, the stimulus of muscle growth. So we go into a surplus to grow muscle. If we're looking purely at a muscle building perspective, then no, cardiovascular training isn't necessary. However, if we're looking at it from a perspective of, you know, I've got 30, 40, 50, 60 years on this planet, I want to be around to see my kids grow up. I want to be there with their big important milestones. And therefore I want to make sure that I'm looking after my heart health then guys, yes, absolutely. Go and do cardio, even in your surplus. What does that mean for you? That means that you need to consider the energy that it costs you to do that particular type of exercise. And you need to account for that in your calorie surplus. You just need to be gaining weight regularly across the month. But if you want to improve your cardiovascular health, you should be doing it. Now, what form of cardio should you be doing? Again, guys, it depends. For me, what I always say is that a client or a person or myself will be adherent to something 
if they enjoy it. If you tell me to go and do a 20-minute assault bike session, I ain't going to do it. I hate the assault bike. It is awful. If you tell me to go and do a 20-minute step, uh, you know, stepper session, I'm going to not do it because I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that. But I do like going for a run. I do like cycling. I do like circuit style training. It doesn't matter which style of cardio you choose. One is not superior to the other. It's just about getting in there and getting it done. So choose a method that you will go to and go and do and you enjoy and do it for a duration that feels attainable to you. If you want to increase on that, then increase on that. But maybe start with 10 minutes a week and then to 15 minutes a week and then to 20 minutes a week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't need to be complicated or an over-strategic decision that you need to make. I'm going to finish this podcast on one question I know people will be asking. The interference effect and when you should do cardio if your choice is to do it. So the interference effect basically referring to the phenomenon where concurrent training, so cardio and resistance training, for example, can potentially result in diminished gains in muscle size and strength. And this might occur due to the competing demands of the two types of training on your body, basically. So some studies have shown that resistance training can interfere with the adaptations that occur during cardio or endurance training and vice versa. However, it's really important to consider that this is a very black and white way of thinking of this this subject because, you know, are we everyday people who are just trying to obtain a really well-round physique and we have really big goals for our physique, we want to improve our overall health and then we have the competing demands of our time. You know, I'm a mum of two, I don't have the time to go and do a resistance training session in the in the morning and then wait three hours and then go and do a cardio session in the evening. So it's about weighing up what is the highest priority and not having an all or nothing mentality. You know, maybe Uh, instead of thinking whether or not the interference effect is actually a a thing that we need to be concerned about, we need to look a little bit more at the nuances because, you know, we may be able to mitigate the effects of concurrent training by appropriately manipulating things like your exercise selection, your volume, your intensity, and then also looking at things outside of that. So what is your sleep like? What is your nutrition like? What is your recovery like? What are your levels of stress? Because these all play a really big role in your ability to not just recover from cardio, but recover from your resistance-based training. So when I'm looking at this particular topic with my clients in the female fitness formula, I am looking at all those variables, thinking about their time, thinking about their lifestyle, thinking about how stressed they are. Maybe I'm not going to just chuck, you know, two hit training sessions back to back, or I'm not going to chuck a hit training session at the end of a leg day, which is highly taxing on the nervous system. And I'm going to think about how I can place that cardio within their, their training variables in a really smart and strategic way. But for someone such as yourself thinking about how do I actually add cardio? 
if you were concerned about the interference effect, then you could try and do your cardio on a subsequent day, or you could try and put it at the end of maybe an upper body training session um, and making sure that the volume in that session is not too high. And, you know, again, really weighing up those variables. Do I have time to be thinking like an athlete? Am I an athlete? Am I trying to, you know, just try and aiming? Am I aiming for that 1%? Because that's where I think that in the health and fitness industry, we particularly take general population clients, um, probably such as you and me, and think, let's treat them like athletes. Let's treat them like we want to get that 1%. When the fact of the matter is, if you're not doing cardio, you just need to go and do cardio find out and work out all the nuances later. The other thing that I just wanted to end on since I've been talking at you for 20 minutes already is that cardiovascular training can actually improve uh, hypertrophy in the ways that it improves your oxygen carrying capacity. So prior to, you know, earlier in this podcast, I mentioned that cardio increases the efficiency of how your heart actually pumps blood. So when your heart can pump blood more efficiently and less erratically, it's one, not placing a huge demand of stress on your heart, which is really important. Your heart is a muscle that also fatigues, but two, your heart is actually able to deliver oxygen to peripheral tissues more efficiently as your cardiovascular fitness increases. So when we think about hypertrophy training, if you have just been, you know, okay, thinking, all right, well, the evidence says that, you know, uh, hypertrophy can be achieved in any rep range, which it does, but you're, you're optimizing it, sticking within that like six to 10 rep range, which is where all the hypertrophy uh, research seems to land or people who are very, you know, well-versed in hypertrophy training will recommend that you stay. But you find yourself getting super puffed out walking up a set of stairs, or you find yourself super puffed out if you do more than 10 reps, then you probably will need to increase your cardiovascular fitness because in doing so, you, you increase your ability to recover from a really hard set. Your body and your heart is able to deliver oxygen to peripheral tissues more efficiently, meaning you recover quicker. So it outside of all the nuances of interference effect and fat loss and everything we do and we cannot ignore the fact that cardiovascular training is very beneficial for our longevity our overall health and secondary to that it can actually improve our ability to apply progressive overload because we become more efficient at recovering that's me for this week, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. I would really love to hear what you guys want to hear from this podcast and, and, and topics that you want me to cover. So if you have anything that you want me to cover, follow me on Instagram, Sheridan Sky Fit, or you can find me over on Facebook, Sheridan Sky Fit. Send me a DM, let me know. And of course, please leave a review for me. This tells me that you guys are enjoying this and obviously this is all for you. I'll catch you later. Bye.